the uh, catechism question this week. What is required in the seventh commandment? And the answer is the seventh commandment requireth the preservation of our own and our neighbor's chastity in heart, speech, and behavior. So our desires uh, must be chaste. That is, uh, they must be instructed, corrected, disciplined to be according to God's design for them. Uh, not just within the boundaries that God has set for them, but trained to be in the direction and in the proportion and the place and the measure that God has given. He's given us many good appetites, the greatest of which is the appetite of our soul for him. Uh, and all of our other appetites must then be to enjoy the good things that he has designed because we want to enjoy him and his goodness in each of those good things. And so he's designed food, and he's designed many different kinds of food and given us different kinds of taste buds, or taste buds that can do different kinds of things, or we'll just say many uh, different capacities for enjoying each of the different kinds of food. And so there's a right and good way to enjoy good food, because we are enjoying the goodness of him who both created it and created us for the enjoyment of it. That even in the enjoyment of the material thing called food, we are knowing the generosity of our God, and his love for us, and his making us to be not like beasts who can know that food is tasty and belly feel, full feel good, but who know him who has created us uh, in that knowledge and fellowship that we may have with him. And so we want to have chastity. We want to have pleasures that are controlled with not just within the limits, but trained up to enjoy the right way, the right things uh, unto our enjoyment of God. And the place that this comes to a head is in marriage. The enjoyment of uh, one's wife, with whom uh, God has created us to have fellowship. That great not goodness, when all other pleasures had been created, it was still not good for the man to be alone. Uh, and there is in marriage um, not just the romance and the affection, which itself is something that needs to be enjoyed in a chaste way. That this is, uh, if you're uh, a man, this is the wife that God has selected for me. And she is the best wife in the world for me. Not that she is necessarily in and of herself the best wife in the world. Or even a good one. I hope she's a good one. If you've been wise, God has helped you. It's very high... Um, rate at which they would be good ones. But yet she has been given to you by God. She's the wife of your youth. She's your wife and nobody else's. And this comes in the sovereign providence by the decree of the one who has uh, uh, decreed all things, is working all things according to the counsel of his will, for the purpose of giving you to inherit him. And so she is the best wife in the world not just now, but from all time, for you. And the 
flavor, the nature, the character of the romantic affection as you consider her uh, in, in that light is far better than uh, if you just become infatuated with how romance feels uh, and become an emotionally controlled idiot uh, because you're going to fall out of those emotions one day uh, and then your idiocy will have ruined your life, her life, and your marriage. But there's also the physical component of marriage in which the wife and the husband enjoy one another. Uh, and that, too, is to be enjoyed as a specific gift from God for you. Uh, and because of the intensity uh, of how God has designed it to be enjoyable for us, there's a great temptation uh, to enjoy the idea of another woman or the image uh, of another woman or if you're a girl or another of another man or to try to enjoy the physical pleasure or give in to enjoying the physical pleasure even just all by yourself. Uh, all of which are great perversions, great twistings of the enjoyment of God in enjoying your wife even physically or enjoying your husband even physically. And so chastity is important that we might not have our pleasure in pleasure but that we might have our pleasure in God. That we might not have our pleasure in self, but that we might have our pleasure in God. That we might not have our pleasure in the object of the pleasure, but that we might have our pleasure in God. And especially in marriage, where there is an imaging of the way that when you enjoy God, you're enjoying a person. And being chased in all of our desires and in the enjoyment and fulfillment of those desires is all about properly enjoying the person. Well, the enjoyment of the marriage bond, whether you're talking about the romantic affections or even the physical enjoyment that a husband and wife have of one another, is to be the enjoyment of a person. And so just as any unchaste desire or unchaste fulfillment of desire um, in any area is a failure to enjoy God and a great sin then against Him. In the particular area of the enjoyment of the things that are for marriage, if you are enjoying those things apart from enjoying your spouse, apart from enjoying your wife, apart from enjoying your husband, then it's not only a sin against God for an un in the area of a general unchaste pleasure, it's also a sin against your spouse, because that was given to you to enjoy that person, not just experiences you have with that person. And so the seventh commandment requires us to preserve that, to, to guard and preserve chastity, the, the rightly boundaried and trained and focused and right character of enjoyment in right desires fulfilled the right way. Now that's something that applies, of course, to behavior. But all of it starts in the heart. It's out of the heart that sins come. It's out of the heart that the mouth speaks. And with chastity having so much to do with the heart, that's the first place. Now, there's... Um, 
the one whose heart you have the most access to is you. And God has given us the right ways of training and directing our hearts. One of the most important ways of keeping the seventh commandment is to keep the second and fourth commandments, which perhaps in such an adulterous age uh, is related to the fact that these are the commandments that even in the churches there is the most resistance to. But the second and fourth commandments are about pleasure in God the way that God has given us to have pleasure in him. It is the training of the heart in the right way of enjoying the right objects, uh, object at the right time. And so the first thing we, we want to do is to preserve the chastity of our heart. Now, one of the ways that we help our neighbor most with his heart is by preserving chastity in our speech. You know, it breaks the seventh commandment for us to constantly tell children from uh, before they can speak uh, up until they are, well, I guess we never stop in our culture, God help us. That's fun. Wouldn't this be fun? That would be fun. Ooh, that sounds like it was fun. What are we saying over and over again? That the indulgence of our pleasures is the primary thing. That's not preserving our neighbor's chastity by speech. Rather, let us learn to be more specific, to spend the effort to think about the good that God does us and to name the good in the context of the God who does the good. Wonderful that the Lord gave you to have that camaraderie together. Wonderful that the Lord gave you that opportunity to work hard and be fruitful in that area. Wonderful that the Lord gave you that opportunity to refresh your body and mind and soul at the same time. And so we're training the way we think about good things to find the pleasure of them not just in the goodness of the thing. We're not denying the goodness of the thing. But in God and his goodness to us in the thing. That's preserving our neighbor's chastity by speech. So that as I'm working on my heart and trying to enjoy God and his goodness in the right way in all things, I'm also wanting to train my lips. Because if I'm going to train my lips that, that way, that it's got to start from my heart. But as I use my lips in the right way, then my neighbor is helped. Because we have a great effect on one, in, one another by the way that we speak. And what if my neighbor is working on his heart and her heart and learning to speak that way? And here I am who am trying to keep the seventh commandment, grateful that Jesus has kept it in my place perfectly already, grateful that the Spirit is using all of his means by his almighty power to conform me to Jesus. But still continuously stumbling and falling short. But now I have a brother who every time he talks to me, he is speaking in such a way that focuses on the goodness of God and the way he has designed things to be used appropriately. Uh, and so there's that chastity in speech. And wouldn't it be self-mocking uh, if we spoke to one another that way uh, and then went and you know took an all-you-can-eat buffet literally uh, and ate until we couldn't, uh, and just, you know, nuked 
our taste buds and nuked the uh, the happy uh, hormones that you get from feeling full and nuked all of those things. Or apply that to uh, any other pleasure. Uh, and we're unchaste in our behavior. Of course we want to be chaste in our behavior. Uh, it makes display of who God is. It actually It is the uh, actual interaction with him. Uh, but it really starts in the heart. And, uh, we are helped when we are chaste in our speech, and we're helping our brother uh, when we are chaste in our speech. Uh, so that's what the seventh commandment requires. The preservation of our own and our neighbor's chastity in heart, speech, and behavior. Uh, 